Hi, Pitches. Welcome to another episode of Pitch Slapped, the Pitch Perfect podcast. My name is Kaylee Hillier, and this is the podcast where we just do everything to do with Pitch Perfect. This is only the third episode, and I wasn't able to record last week, and I was like a little bit bummed about it. I was like, what am I going to do to kind of cram everything in? And then the inevitable happened. I had planned out this whole episode. I thought, okay, we're ready to go. We've got this sorted. I know I'm going to talk about, got the sort of preparation all behind me. And then yesterday, on the 17th of August, the Pitch Perfect girls decided, hey, let's just drop a surprise track. So, of course, that whole plan had to go out the window because there's going to be only one thing I want to talk about today and I'm sure that that's all you guys want to talk about as well. It's Love on Top. Oh yes. My excitement right now, I'm only recording this a day after they've released it. My excitement out now is so high and it's made me so happy that I don't think I would be able to record this podcast about anything else this week. So... I hope that you're not sick and tired of talking about it. I mean, it's only been one day so far. We need to revel in the awesomeness that we have some more Pitch Perfect content from the source. So, so good. Not only are we going to talk about that today, we have got fan fiction that's come out over the past two weeks. But before we get into all of that, we need to get ourselves updated with what's happening in and around the actors and actresses of the Pitch Perfect world. So let's get in to the podcast. Hit that pitch pipe. Okay, in actor news this week, well, obviously, starting off, a big happy birthday to Anna Kendrick, 35. Wow. I must admit, I was over the moon with all of the stuff that people were putting up online, on Twitter and on Instagram and Tumblr, wishing Anna Kendrick a happy birthday. And it just felt like we had this great kind of just vibe going on of wishing her a very, very special day. All, I, we know she doesn't necessarily like celebrating a birthday, so I don't know if she even knew the amount of happy birthdays that were being sent out there but we hope that she appreciated it. Maybe she got more than just her sock drawer organised during the day. I did see that Chrissy Fit, apparently on her Instagram, took some balloons out with a mention of Anna Kendrick. So whether she actually received them, I don't know. And Kelly on her Instagram did throw a shout out to Anna. So we were loving the birthday vibes and it's amazing to think Anna Kendrick is 35 and just the things that she has achieved over her lifetime already so far it's just phenomenal just proves how talented she is in other news this week Chrissy Fit was in another Young Storytellers episode if you don't know what the Young Storytellers is it's an organisation where they go to schools and the kids will sort of submit scripts and plays and things like that. And then the actors will go in and actually perform the kids' plays. So during lockdown, they've been doing this through the likes of Zoom and video chats. So you can watch them all on their YouTube channel. Chrissy Fitt's been in a few of them in the past. And if you just type in the Young Storytellers and look for the Story Clubhouse, you can actually watch them performing these great pieces and they're all done by kids they're all kids who have written them i think it's awesome as well that they've got some very very talented actors actually being willing to go in and perform these and the excitement that must give the kids that would be amazing also this week if you have been on social media anywhere you would have seen the 2020 challenge trending that's the challenge when it's got like the months of the year from January going all the way up to September and obviously January and the feeling and the vibes at the beginning of the year going on to the end of the year with the lockdown and everything that we're feeling right now. I believe the first time I saw this, Reese Witherspoon did a post about it and of course everybody's kind of jumping on the 2020 challenge and Anna Camp actually shared her own version of the 2020 challenge which I believe was created, if I can say this right, Yvonne Stacey. So she was tagged as the creator of this. It is good taking kind of shots of Anna Camp 
from various stages, whether it's from Instagram or movies or whatever. And she's created this really, really great 2020 challenge. I feel like it does portray the vibes pretty well of where we're at. And I really liked that the person who created it, Yvonne Stacey, actually like took some of the Instagram snaps from Anna Camp. So like the January one is like pretty much where she was at in January on a holiday in England. So I am appreciating efforts gone into that. And clearly Anna Camp saw it and loved the creativity that went behind and the hard work that went behind that post for Anna Camp's 2020 challenge. And finally, Esther Dean seems like she's been very busy lately as she is featured on the brand new single by Ciara. And the song is called Rooted. It's great to hear her on a single. She does a lot of production stuff. And if you watch the video or you listen to the song, it's giving us some really big, like, Beyonce formation vibes. So with that being said, let's get on to the main topic of today's episode. Okay, so yesterday... I was just finishing up prep for the episode I was going to record and I had to go do some shopping. So I went out, did the shopping, came back. Now, bear in mind, this is like just about an hour. I was out just about an hour in the evening, came back to my computer and logged on to Twitter. And oh my word, there was no way to prepare for what I was about to receive or to see as clearly I had... Just walking away for an hour, I had missed the drop of the surprise pitch perfect video. I mean, I just I was just seeing tweets about it and excitement and everything was just bubbling up and I was like, oh my word, what's happened? What's going on? And finally like found the video and just had to like stop any distractions so that I could fully process what was about to witness. No, my word. How brilliant was it when they dropped Love on Top by the Bellas? It just made my day. Oh, my word. Everything about it from the moment I started watching it to the very, very end. It just like made me smile. I was so happy. And looking on the reaction online, the joy in the Pitch Perfect fandom right now is unbelievable. Bear in mind, this fandom has been going on eight years and it's been about three years, I think, since we've had any content from the Bellas. We were blessed with this. And I don't think anybody was quite prepared for what we were about to receive because there were like rumours, little drops from the actors that something was coming. I know Brittany Snow mentioned it in an interview so, like, a few months back, we, we heard rumour that something was in the works, but we had no idea what we were about to witness. And, it's you know, it, it's been a little bit quiet. Like, every now and then we'll get little trickles of stuff coming out from the actors. But when we heard that there was going to be, like, some Zoom video call-related thing... Nobody quite knew what to expect. And I feel like we were getting to the point where we we're getting quite despondent. So like, is this really going to happen? Like, I feel like I've been waiting a while. Maybe they're not going to release it. Maybe it's not happening. Clearly, we were wrong. We were so wrong. <laughs> and I'm glad we we're wrong because we have got it now. And it's so much better than I would, I could have ever thought it would be. And I hope that you enjoy it as much as I have as well. So just like, I thought today, we're just going to talk about the Love on Top video. It is everywhere at the moment. I'm loving the fact that all the girls are posting it up. There's so much love and support out there for the Bellas. We even had like a few days prior, Rebel Wilson and a few of the others posting up some pictures of sort of throwback moments. And although, yes, the tempting about Pitch Perfect 4, it was like all this little warm up for this drop. And it's awesome. It's so good. I'm going to be gushing most of this episode, but I hope I hope you'll bear with me. We've waited three years for this. Three years! And we've been blessed with a new song. Speaking of the song, can I just, like, express my joy of the song that they picked? When, they, when the rumours were going around that there was going to be something kind of Zoom-related, I mean, a lot of people thought it was going to be a song, 
because there's been lots of sort of charity singles and stuff going out there during the lockdown and during the pandemic. But I was like, what what song could they do? Like, what song could they pick that was just going to really show off the best of the Bellas and the right vibe? Like, were they going to go for something slow? Because a lot of people during charity singles that, that I've seen kind of go for the more ballad side of things. And like, when you look at like more recent songs, was there a big enough one that you could have picked that would have really like taken this moment? So when I found out that they were going to do Love on Top, I was like, what a perfect song. Like, it's not an easy song to do. So I was a little bit nervous. I was like, man, that song has so many key changes in it that it's either going to go really well or not well at all there's there's not really a middle ground with love on top i mean i play it i don't play it that often when i do gigs but when you do it's it's also one of those songs that people love to sing to like it's not necessarily a big dancey song like some of the other beyonce songs like single ladies i mean everybody just wants to do dance moves but love on top is a sing-along song and people try and sing it and it starts off great But as soon as you get to about two key changes in, people start to really, really struggle singing this song. And of course, only people who know how to sing, and unless you're Beyonce and can just belt it out and just own it, it's a tough song to get right. So when I was watching this video and are they going to be able to pull this one off? Of course they could pull it off. It's the Bellas. And they've got some great singers in there. I mean, Kelly... We'll probably get round to this in a minute, but really, really brought it home. She really brought it home with her vocals and the back end of that song. Just bringing that powerhouse right in so that you can kind of almost get those Beyonce feels as you're listening. And the key changes are happening and it just, it just all worked so well. So I'm really glad that they actually pulled it off. And of course, because they picked Love on Top, which is such a big sing-along song, I had to drive today i had to go out and driving and the only song i've been listening to this whole day is love on top by the bellas so of course it's gonna go on in my car and it's the only time i find when i'm driving that i can sing along to songs and love on top is one of those songs that you just it's hard not to sing to so now i have a song i literally want to sing along to And I know that if anybody was to look at me whilst I'm in my car listening to this song today, would be like, what on earth is she doing? Because it's not just singing along. I mean, you can't really sing that song unless you belt it out. Like, you've really got to, you've got to put a lot of effort in. It's one of those where you can just like, really go for it. And the nice thing about being in your car is hardly anybody hears you. So it works in a lot of ways. So they've picked a song that literally everybody sings to it's so positive and then you add the fact that it's by the Bellas it was like a match made in heaven it was so good and I do feel that like of all the songs I don't know who came up with the idea of picking love on top but what a good song choice seriously like I was thinking about this I was like I don't know what other song you could have picked because this one worked so well that takes a lot of balls to do a Beyonce song. But we already know the Bellas can pull off Beyonce and they proved it again right here. And then if you want to just kind of show off a little bit of vocal talent, I mean, Love on Top also allows you to do that. You dare it not release a single with that much kind of vocal flair to it. Because if you can't pull that off, don't release a single of Love on Top. It's just not going to work. So I mean, we haven't even delved into the whole video yet, but like... I am just appreciating the fact that they picked a great song and they owned it so well. Like, they pulled it off so good. So when I when I was going through my first view, I'm just going to give you some of like my highlights from the videos. I'd love to hear from you on what some of your highlights were and what you loved from the Love on Top video. And just to give a little bit of a background to the single as well. They're raising money for UNICEF. So all the proceeds of the sales and streams are all going to UNICEF to help children in Lebanon and around the world affected by COVID-19. So it's all going to a great cause. And the fact that they spent their time and effort and all the people behind the single to put it together is amazing. 
so I hope you can give it its full support and support the Bellas as they raise money for UNICEF. And we wish them the best in all of their fundraising efforts. When I dove into watching this for the first time, I just kind of want to give a, a little shout out to just the attention to detail that was put in to making this single because it starts off in the video with John and Gail. They're like a key aspect of Pitch Perfect because they're like the commentators that follow the Bella's journey wherever they go. So the fact that somebody thought to include John and Gail at the beginning was, I just thought, just a lovely touch. It was just so good. And they were all dressed up in character. I love the fact that in the video they gave it this little introduction because then you had this bubbling of excitement knowing the Bellas were coming because you can see it on the posts online and they're kind of just like prepping you up ready for this and obviously they introduce the fact that the Bellas are back with a single Elizabeth Banks as Gail just giving you a, a rundown as to why they're doing the single and what it's raising money for so it just kind of like built my excitement more because they were just adding little layers of Pitch Perfect in there the fact that you haven't heard the Bellas in so long I mean it was giving like I was getting goosebumps at the beginning of this song because it just starts off with a blank screen then Emily Junk comes on and the clicks start and they just keep adding more bellas as the video continues and you're just like seeing them all being reunited on screen I will say that uh, Estadine didn't make it into the single which I'm really sad about we don't get the the really warm vocals that Cynthia Rose that smooth Cynthia Rose sound and a little bit of edge she's got a little bit of edge that just kind of really makes the Bella sound but to be fair it sounds like she's been pretty busy with her her single with Sierra and she has shown her support for the Bellas so although she couldn't physically be there in the video and with the single she has put a post up on her instagram of the video so although we don't see cynthia rose in the video just know that just know that cynthia rose is there it's felt and i'm i'm sure the girls all missed her as well so i'm pretty sure there's a good reason why she couldn't make it i mean when i was watching the beginning of this video i don't get drawn to tears very much but i think i, I was so excited for the fact that it was something I've never seen before by the Bellas, that, like, I was genuinely quite emotional watching it. Especially when it just had that really slow uh, beginning and just Bellas were appearing on the screen. And then, of course, last but not least, they add Becca in, right in the centre. And Becca has the first few lines. Anna Kendrick comes in with the first few lines. I mean, you know Anna Kendrick can sing... She is so good at at what she does and just making it work. And it was like the perfect beginning because we had Becca end things at the end of Pitch Perfect 3 to to kind of bring the Bellas back and have Becca start it so that they could all come in and join in and make this amazing song. So I thought it was a lovely touch having Anna kind of with the first bits of vocals and it just builds and builds from there as they've done the video. One of the things I really loved about this video, which I thought was quite different to a lot of videos for charity singles and stuff that I've seen, is with this one, they kind of layered the boxes all over the place. So it wasn't like it was regimented. And I loved how it just kind of made it so different. I mean, I've had to watch the video quite a few times because there's so many things to see on the screen that... I'm constantly re-watching it so that I can kind of look at different areas and see what different Bellas are doing as the song is unfolding. And you don't know where they pop up next, who's going to be on next, and it just kind of keeps on going. And they'll have moments where it's just one Bella with their solo bit. But what I really loved is any time they've added some of the bit of the a cappella vocals and backing vocals in, they'll add some of the Bellas on screen as well. So you, you get the sense of things building as they're doing the video and the fact that, you know, it's the whole Bella sound that make this work and really just bring it all together. And it's all the Bellas that make it. So you start off with the clicks and then you have Hannah... With her amazing beatboxing, like I sometimes I don't think we appreciate just how talented she is. If you needed any proof, this is it right here. 
because you could start off watching this thinking oh that's nice like you got the clicks and you got the vocals coming in but then of course to just bring it all together hannah comes in with a little scratch like i love the fact that she actually includes the whole scratch sound coming in with the beat and then the beat just kind of really rounds it off he's like oh yeah they're really going for this like they're really going to make this work so it sounds like a proper track without her just underlaying that beat it just wouldn't be quite the same she is keeping them all together with her beats with that sound and the fact that that's kind of like the bedrock of keeping this song together so hannah is there doing it and just looking so cool calm and collected as well i dread to think how long it must have taken to record the beatboxing do you think she beatboxed the whole song or do you think she like did a section and they just looped it i don't know but still without the beatboxing this just wouldn't have worked some of my highlights from the song there's so many things to pick out so i'm just going to pick out like some of my highlights from each of the ballads obviously hannah and her beats and i just loved the scratch noise also Hayley Steinfeld, Emily Junk. I mean, we know that Hayley Steinfeld can do music, but can I just point out the hairography that was going into Hayley Steinfeld's video? Like, she could not stop touching her hair. And not only that, but she really, like, made it work. I wish that I could put my hand through my hair that often and make it look as good as Hayley Steinfeld makes it look in this video. There were a number of comments online when I was looking around of people saying that that the Hayley's videos looked almost a little bit like a TikTok thirst trap, which, I mean, I I could see it. I could like, I could see that. But hey, if, if you're that good at doing hairography, own it and do it large. What can I say about Britney Snow? than the fact that I think out of all of the Bellas, she had the most props. And she genuinely looked like she was having an awesome time. Like, number one, you had the sunglasses. Just giving it that little bit of a star, you know, that little star factor. The fact that she looked like she was just sat in her bedroom and just grabbing whatever was, like, nearby to make it work, I thought was just a lovely touch. And so you had the sunglasses. Then she got the hairbrush out. And I was like, yes, I mean, this is exactly what we're going to be doing. Sing along to this song. But the whole idea of just grabbing that fake microphone so you can feel like you're like Beyonce. There was one point in the video where I think she put the hairbrush down and must have knocked something or whatever. And she's like this look of worry on her face. But she just gets right back into it. The amount of fun she must have been having just grabbing stuff and just like doing her bit of the video was great. And then just to round it all off, she must have had a fan going. Like the preparation she's gone into to prepare props, have a fan on the side that she's going to turn on at some point near the end to just do the sort of the whole hair thing. I mean, she's really, really going for it. So Chrissy Fit, Flo, what can I say about Flo? I feel like in the movies, we don't see a lot of flow during Bella's performances. We know she's there and, you know, she's she's doing a lot of dancing, but we don't often hear her singing or we don't often notice her voice. And what I loved about watching the Love on Top video is just the fact that you got to really appreciate each individual Bella and their singing voice. And I think one of the highlights for me was to be able to just appreciate Flo's voice and the talent that she has and also just the uniqueness of her voice as well and I don't know what it was about Chrissy Fit in the video but I feel like she was like the she had like the cutest setup going on so I was really glad we could see a little bit more of flow during the video and just appreciate the voice that Chrissy Fit has if you wanted to to go for the serious kind of the broody look Alexis Knapp was the one to look for in this video I mean She's clearly having a good time, but she's got like the dark eyes that draw you in and is able to kind of give you that kind of serious, broody, moody look as she's doing it, doing all the hand gestures and everything. And the fact that she can do this throughout the whole of the video astonishes me. She's got it down to a fine art. But then, of course, she is Stacey Conrad, so... I think if anybody was going to try and go for the sort of broody, sexy look, it was going to be Stacey Conrad. 
what can I say about Rebel Wilson? From what I could see, she ha- she just couldn't stop moving. Like, out of all of them, the hand gestures were going big. There was points when she was jumping around a little bit. She gets the privilege of having doing a little heart gesture at the end of the video. Which, let's be fair, she can pull off the heart gesture really, really well. Unlike some people, Becca Mitchell, who who just can't do heart hands. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say any more about that, but like, at least <laughs> Rebel Wilson could pull off heart hands. <laughs> but yeah, Rebel Wilson looked like she was having an absolute ball filming this video and I think that kind of just translated with the energy that she was putting in to her performance. I just wanted to kind of highlight Shelley and Kelly, Jessica and Ashley, because they're always there and they help to kind of round off the Bella sound and be that kind of bedrock there. But sometimes I don't think we appreciate how talented they are. And if you need any proof of that, if you watch the end the kind of the, the ending piece of the video, Shelley and Kelly's vocals on that are astounding. Number one, Kelly is the one that hits those high notes and Anna Kendrick points it out in the video. She's like one of the few fellas who actually do singing as a career and clearly is very talented and I don't always appreciate how talented she is. And as you watch this video, and you can you can watch her and just... Hear those vocals coming out of all the added extra bits she's doing. And it's her. There's like not really any other Bellas that are really pulling off quite like she is. And the power behind her voice is astounding. And there's other points as well where Shelley is the one adding some of those big vocal moments. And of course, Shelley's a theatre actually. She does quite a bit of singing for theatre. And is proving just how talented she is from the bits that she's doing in this video. So let's never discredit Jessica and Ashley because they were proving it right here. And I didn't realise, but a number of people were pointing out that Kelly does a lot of the big vocals, some of the high vocals in some of the Bella's songs, especially in Pitch Perfect 3 and stuff. So like... You just want to like go back and just reminisce and relive these moments and sometimes rediscover things that maybe you didn't realize or discover before or know before. It's amazing to just like learn all these things and just get a renewed appreciation for the talent that is in the Bard and Bellas. Anna Camp, let's go to Anna Camp. I thought Anna Camp's look in this video was fantastic. Like her lighting. I don't know if she even put any effort into where she was located or the lighting that she had, but she looked so good. And she also had, because she dyed her hair a little bit during the quarantine with this like light pink. So she had the light pink hair. The fact that Aubrey Posen has dyed her hair light pink, I think says a lot. Clearly there's stuff that's happened in Aubrey Posen's life that is coming out that we don't know about. I would love to know any fic writers that could maybe give us an insight into how Aubrey Posen got to the point where she dyed her hair light pink. I'm going with the idea that maybe she lost a bet to Becca and uh, that was the forfeit. Just saying. Now, I've seen a lot of people share clips of Anna Camp's kind of moments in this song. And one of those is when she's singing her kind of main line and... I have to watch it a number of times. I don't know what it is. And clearly I'm just picking up something that's really not important. But her tongue is like doing crazy things. I mean, clearly she knows how to sing. She's a fantastic singer. And and clearly it's like putting it all into her performance. But I'm like mesmerised by her tongue. Like it is just like moving at a rapid pace. And I like listen back to the single and listen to her points and I'm like wow like I didn't realize the kind of types of techniques or the the effort that went into kind of doing that and part of me part of me was also like is that what tongues do when when you're singing like that? <laughs> did your tongue move like that I don't know what it is but let's just appreciate Anna Camp's tongue movements because man I, like that's that's hypnot that's hypnotic right there I don't know what's going on Anna Kendrick, I mean, what can I say about Anna Kendrick? Number one, I mean, let's just appreciate the voice that is Anna Kendrick. 
Also, on a side note, Britney Snow's voice. How, like, how on earth do you get a voice that smooth when you're singing? Her lines in this song were so smooth. I loved it. It was fantastic. There's just so many things to talk about. Anna Kendrick in this video. You got the iconic Anna Kendrick sound of Becca Mitchell. And then, of course, she's just got those little sassy moments, but like cute sassy moments that are like typical Becca Mitchell type of things. And there's moments where she's just playing with the camera. But I love the bit at the end, if you watch the video, where she has like a message that she's sharing. As you're reading this message and watching the video, you just get a whole sense of how much she loves and appreciates the Bellas and the fans. She's the one who kind of points out Kelly's vocal talent near the end of the song and just really highlights the fact that, hey, out of everybody here, this talented lady is going to give you the high notes. So it makes you stop and actually pay attention to the fact that Kelly is that talented. And then not only that, she just kind of gives this subtle message to how much she's missing the Bellas. And I mean, I don't know who exactly she was saying she was missing, but it just felt like it was like to the Bellas, to the fans, like appreciating this world that they created and everybody who supports it. And I would love to know like the reaction of that. Can you, because there's a big chance that that the girls didn't get to see what each other were going to do for this video until the finished product. They get sent it and there's like this lovely message that they might have received from each of them where Anna just being like, I really miss you guys. You're fantastic. And it was just like, oh, this is so nice. So just to add to the whole like feel of the video, not only are you got the feelings of love on top and the Bellas are back together and they're singing, but then you have this kind of really lovely moment where Anna Kendrick's sending a message about how much she misses everybody and you're just like okay you're really gonna make my head explode now with emotion oh my word that for me just rounded off this performance that kind of just said it all right there if you needed any other confirmation of the fact that like they're a family that was it and they care about each other and it just it was all kind of brought together by Anna Kendrick at the end just doing that moment And it also just really goes with the message of the fact that this is a charity single, Raising Money. The song is called Love on Top. And you can just feel the love oozing out of this, whether it's love for the Bellas, their love for each other, and the fact that they're raising this money. If you need a positivity boost, this is the way to get it. So, I mean, oh my word, we've just been talking about my reaction to the song. I'd love to hear what your reactions are, what your favourite moments. Just to give you some light context, I was like keeping up to date with what, the reaction was from people and how this was going and I am astounded like I don't think I appreciated how beloved Pitch Perfect still is because I'm in the fandom and I I see stuff online but it still feels like you know you never quite appreciate how many people are out there and there's a lot of fans who maybe don't really delve into the fandom as much as others so they released this single been about 24 hours since the single's been out around the world And this is a global thing. So not only is it being shared across the fandom, but the fact that it is doing so well as a charity single in their release is amazing. Just to give you some context, I saw this on Tumblr of just some updates from around the world of how much support this single is getting. Number one, Darby Carter on Tumblr shared an image from the iTunes chart in the US where it topped at... It was at number five in the download chart. So of all the songs that are being released on this day, 24 hours into the release of Love on Top, it's hit number five. At least. I'm, it might have even gotten higher since I looked at this. In Australia, the Chloe Beale on Tumblr shared the fact that it was at number four on the iTunes download chart. I kept the tabs on the UK and how the UK were doing, out of all the songs people are buying in the UK, it was at number five for a while, but it, it peaked at number four on the iTunes download chart. And apparently in the Philippines, I saw a post where they were saying it got to number six. So different areas of the globe, the Bellas are like at least in the top 10. The support is astounding. 
Some of my favourite moments. Becca's belt on Tumblr shared some fantastic memes to do with the release of the single and just how the fandom is alive right now. I really felt there was this just injection of energy that just came through. As soon as that single dropped, suddenly, like, everybody was reminded of how much they love Pitch Perfect and the energy that was on Tumblr, on Twitter, on Instagram, which is just amazing. Some of my other favourite comments on Tumblr, Taylor's Lou posted, I can't believe the Bard and Bellas saved 2020. I do feel like a lot of people are feeling that at the moment. But let's be fair, this has really brought me a lot of uplift and I hope it has you too. Also on Tumblr, Yen Suri posted, It's 2020 and I'm still the Bella's bitch. That's right. Like, even those people who maybe, like, had moved on from the fandom or just weren't that active anymore, this single comes out and the joy comes back in and people are going back on and seeing everybody's reactions. They're all coming back out because we suddenly have some new content. And it just reminds you, you know what? They'll call and we'll come running back because we love them. Also on Tumblr, More Revenge said, me crying listening to the Bellas singing Love on Top more likely than you think. (laughs) I was quite surprised because how emotional I got seeing this single and the release and watching the video. Like, I love the Bellas and it's something that's really special to me. And I just wasn't expecting how emotional I was going to feel witnessing this unfold. And I think a big factor of that is the song choice that they, they went into and the video. So I can definitely appreciate if you got to the point of crying on Twitter, Neve said, well, we all know which song on Spotify will be our most played of 2020. Yes! <laughs> I have been playing mine on repeat literally all day. I cannot get enough of it. And it's amazing as well, like, how the release just interrupted people's lives. I mean, I got home from shopping and it was like, I am done for the rest of the night. I didn't go to bed till, like, 2 this morning. I had so much energy and adrenaline pumping through me because of the excitement of this single. Ice on Twitter said, the way I was supposed to eat dinner two hours ago and then the Bellas released their first project since 2017. Yes, like, I was not productive. I couldn't do anything for the rest of the night. I was like hooked. It was not going to happen. So I'm loving the reactions. I just love seeing the fandom just kind of uplifted on all these different platforms. I mean, some of the clips that were coming out on Instagram are fantastic. Let's be fair, we've all, we've all watched it. We all love it. And we're all going to keep listening. Big thank you to the Bellas for just giving us this joy. And we wish them all the best with their fundraising efforts. It's a Love on Top video by the Bellas. So just to round off this episode today, I just want to give a highlight to some of the fan fiction that's been going out over the past two weeks. Not only do we have the Bellas and the fact that they have brought out content, but we have some amazing creators that spend their time and effort to bring us content. There's lots to read out there. I'm just going to highlight some of the things that I've looked at and that I've enjoyed. And of course, I'd love to hear from you about what you've enjoyed and what's kind of captured your imagination at the moment. First up, we have got Akaba Chloe, 47. This was on AO3. And the fic is called We Only See Each Other at Weddings and Funerals. The summary says Aubrey Posen didn't talk about the fact that her stepsister was the famous singer-music producer Becca Mitchell. She didn't like talking about it, and honestly, to her, Becca would never be anything more than the annoying-ass 17-year-old stepsister that had a bad attitude and ear monstrosities. But unfortunate for her, her best friend Chloe is pretty massive fan of the singer Becca Mitchell. When Aubrey gets married to her girlfriend Stacy, the truth about her stepsister comes out. What happens when Becca and Chloe develop a connection rather quickly? Will they allow distance and what ifs ruin their chance of a relationship? Will they wait for some day and miss their chance? It's a big summary, lots to unpack there. And I really, really enjoyed reading this fic. Especially the fact that, like, you get a lot from Aubrey Posen's perspective. And I love the fact that, like, you have the kind of Aubrey-Becca dynamic, but instead of it being them kind of musically, 
clashing. It's because the fact that they're siblings or step-siblings. And I can see how a similar clash could happen there. And I also love the fact that as you read through the story and there's little snippets of of flashbacks of them as kids, how clearly they are feeling that they care for each other, but just as siblings do, sometimes you let your pride kind of get the better of you and rather go into an argument than deal with the fact that you care about them. So it was really lovely to kind of have this inkling of a strange relationship between the two of them, but how that relationship goes through the story, especially when Aubrey has people that she cares about and is clearly very, very close to, like Chloe... And then you throw Becca, the estranged sister, on the side and Becca and Chloe getting close and how that and how that could kind of either take its toll on Aubrey and the fact that, hey, this is her little world that she created. Does she want her stepsister coming in and ruining that? Or draw them together and actually they're going to have a better relationship. There's some really cute, fun moments with like fireflies. And although kind of Becca has all this fame because it's all based on her family and her family situation and it's a family wedding although she has the fame she's still a normal person and can chloe kind of disconnect from that but then seeing the other side of becca as becca being normal it's lovely to read through the story and how they kind of grow together and find out what happens at the end do they want to make it work or does it just all fall apart and what's interesting with this story it's not just becca and chloe But this has a knock-on effect on maybe a lot of Aubrey's relationships with her best friend. She's also got her fiancé, Stacey. And so Becca coming in could effectively rock a lot of things that has made Aubrey's life fairly stable and is her like inner circle. So if you want something that's a bit light-hearted and a bit of fun, this is the fic to check out this week. If you want to go for something that's a little bit heavier... The Thick Days of Plenty is the one to check out. It is by Last Child of Krypton on AO3. I picked this one out because it's, I want to say, effectively finished. The author has pointed out they're going to kind of continue the story in another book, but they wanted to kind of cap it off here. So you had maybe one book of the story so far. So there's more to come in the Days of Plenty universe, but this is a great start and it has a great kind of end... Not necessarily ending, but I feel it it ended on a good place. It is 36 chapters, but it's all done and you can kind of consume the whole thing. Now, the summary for this fic is when Daniel and Sheila Mitchell die in an accident, Becca and Chloe are thrown into parenthood, raising Becca's half-sister. So we have an established Chloe relationship. And as the fic summary suggests... We're dealing with some heavy topics in this fic. You've got dealing with death and grief. And so there's there's lots of kind of difficult moments with that. Some angst in there as well. But there is some sweet and lighthearted moments that kind of touch on things as well. But it is it is dealing with some heavy and difficult topics. So if you're not really happy going into those, then I would steer clear of this one. But I was... I was really intrigued with how they were going to handle something as difficult as dealing with death and with grief and how characters deal with something like that. I thought that this author had dealt with it very, very well. It's a difficult topic to try and deal with and to appropriately maybe show some of the ways people deal with grief, but also maybe some of the struggles that people go through as well. It's not easy for anybody to go through grief and to then try and get that across appropriately in a fic is a real challenge. But I loved the fact that in this, some of the sections, some of the chapters are from different characters' perspectives, from the main characters. So what this author does is it really delves into their mentality, especially with Becca and with their own character that's been created called Lucy Mitchell, which is Becca's sister, is you get this whole idea of how they think, how they process things and why they do what they do. So you've got these two characters that overthinks a lot and maybe that then has repercussions on how she deals with stuff. And as an overthinker myself, as somebody who is just a classic overthinker, to be able to kind of read that on a page... It just brought me comfort in the fact that, hey, you know what? Like, people appreciate how an overthinker 
processes stuff and how difficult it is, especially if you you're thinking things through all the time and then you internalize it and you never really let it out. And sometimes that can be to your detriment. And being able to read it on a page was really, really good. And I thought the author did such a good job of that. Also, throwing Becca and Chloe in a situation where they've got to look after a child. I can't remember how old she is. She's like 10, 11, I think, in this fic. Lucy Mitchell. So like, it's not like a young kid. They old, they're old enough to know what's going on. And seeing how, you know, their their little relationship is either going to get stronger or weaker because of the challenges that they're having to face and having to face these challenges together. Chloe is lovely in this fic in places. Like her support of Becca and kind of helping somebody dealing with grief was really touching. And it's also interesting to see the, the struggles and the trials that they go through as a couple. So lots of things to unpack in this story. There's a lot going on and there's also other challenges that they have to face because of their situation. It can get quite heavy at times, but I thought the way that the story has rolled out has been touched with very, very well. Also just kind of levels out as well. There's some really sweet moments in amongst some of the difficult stuff they're talking about. And I am excited to see where this author is going to take it to next. One of the fics this week that just kind of caught my imagination and I'm very intrigued with is a fic called Quarantine by a reader of many things on AO3. And the summary of this story, it's a Bechloe fic, says confessing their love for one another 10 years apart the day before LA goes into lockdown was a good thing for Becca and Chloe, but living together during lockdown was even better. And it's an interesting summary I was really captivated with this idea because it's dealing with situations that are happening in the world now and throwing the Bellas and Becca and Chloe into a lockdown situation and how that was going to play out. Now, there's only one chapter so far of this fic, but I was really intrigued. This Just the first chapter just really drew me in because it was not what I was expecting. The summary kind of gives you a very good grounding of what to expect. And then I feel like the story itself so far really threw it wide open. Because not to give like too much away, but you're finding a situation where Becca and Chloe have been estranged and maybe don't know each other as well as as you would expect them to due to things that we don't know. We don't know the reason why yet. I really cannot wait to find out what's been going on and you just get this like real flavour that there's there's some big unveilings to happen in this fic, things that we need to find out. But I love the effort that Becca goes into to try and keep that relationship there. And clearly there's feelings going on that they haven't really unpacked before, which I'm excited to see roll out as this fic continues. I've read quite a few quarantine fics and the way that they've set this one out, I think it's going to be, it's going to play out really, really interesting. The final fic that I just wanted to highlight this week is by 22 Thai and it's called Let's Do the Time Warp. We've talked about a lot of the Chloe fics on this podcast. This is the first strawberry fic. I don't know how you say, is it strawberry? I want to say strawberry. I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong. But that's just the way that I, I feel like it's said. <laughs> Stacy and Aubrey. The summary says, Becca convinces Aubrey to go to the Saturday midnight showing of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Aubrey becomes obsessed with one of the live cast members and does whatever it takes to get her attention. Now, just to premise this fic as well, there's a few notes that the author gives because... I've I've never watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I know of the Rocky Horror Picture Show and it's it's one of those movies that has become a cult classic and although maybe nobody kind of appreciated it at the time, it was released. I mean, it was released back in the 70s, but I do know that it's referenced an awful lot in movies and TV and stuff. So like it has some really iconic moments from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I know that they did these live screenings. If you've ever watched the movie Perks of Being a Wallflower, they do one in, a, in one of the scenes of that movie. 
And they do say in this, like, if you want to find out more, especially to understand the thick a bit better, then check it out online. There's lots of info. And they do encourage you to maybe go and watch a live screening. I did not realise how much audience participation was involved in the showings of a Rocky Horror Picture Show. But what I love about reading this fic... I never really had an inkling to go until I read this fic and I was like, oh my goodness, like as the author's describing what's happening and how this is all playing out, especially because a lot of this is from Aubrey's perspective. So what happens is like you're living this through Aubrey and this is her first time going. I feel like I'm experiencing it with her at the same time. So as we're reading through and experiencing this with Aubrey, it just makes me want to like go myself and experience what the Rocky Horror live show is like. There's lots of funny moments, especially with Aubrey, never gone before. So she's a little bit of what they call like a Rocky Horror virgin. I'm really intrigued. I do kind of like Becca and Aubrey's kind of friend dynamic in this fic. And it's interesting having those two together as friends. I feel like that lends itself to some very good banter between the two of them and how that works in this fix. I think the author's kind of got it down pretty well. And of course, with a lot of story fix that I've read, because the personalities of Stacey and Aubrey can be quite opposites, although there's not lots revealed yet about what's going to happen, it's going to be a multi-chapter story, there's just little inklings of something happening. And I will admit, maybe it didn't unfold quite as fast as I thought, but I thought that that was quite a good shift because although they have their meet-cute near the end of the chapter, you you can get those inklings, but it's not quite fulfilled yet. It's not quite made it there. So you're just left wanting more. And I can't wait to find out what that more is going to be. It's a lot of fun. You'll probably end up like me if you don't know much about the Rocky Horror Picture Show, where you'll just be Googling stuff after you've read it. I'm also really intrigued with Chloe and Stacey's friendship in this story because it kind of throws Aubrey off a little bit. So I'm, in- I'm really intrigued with how that's all going to play out. It's lovely to see some of the other Bellas in there as well, as they're all different characters in the stage production. And I love the fact that they just take these characters and you can... Just little little inklings of them everywhere. So I just can't wait to see how the author's going to keep this going. Those are the fix for this week. I hope that you enjoyed them. And I'll put some links up on Tumblr so you can find all the fix and kind of delve into a little bit more. I'd love to hear what your favourite fix of the week were. That's it from me for this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. And of course, keep listening to Love on Top. It's fantastic. That's it from me. If you want to keep up to date with the podcast, we've got a page on Tumblr. We've got a page on Twitter. And I've also set up an Instagram now as well. And of course, clip subscribe. We keep expanding the platforms that we're getting this podcast on. I've heard now that we're also on Apple Podcasts, which is very exciting. And I'm so thankful for all of you guys for listening. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next time.